from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. Hi again, everybody, and welcome into the Black and Blue Report. In fact, you're tuned in now to the best of the Black and Blue Report. Each weekend, we go back through the week's programs and pull out the best interviews and guests for you to enjoy over the weekend. We hope that you're enjoying this one as we're all anxiously awaiting Monday Night Football this coming Monday evening. Also, Pelicans training camp gets started as we will have media day on Monday and practice beginning with two-a-days on Tuesday. With producer Dan, I'm Sean Kelly. We had a nice week of guests, not only on the football side, but the basketball side, too, with Pelicans training camp right around the corner. As a matter of fact, on Wednesday, we got a chance to get a pre-camp visit in with point guard Drew Holiday. Welcome back to the show, and on this Wednesday, we get to visit with uh, Pelicans point guard Drew Holiday as uh, <laughs> training camp is right literally around the corner now. Drew, as, as we sit here uh, with media day on Monday, practice officially starting on Tuesday, um, I almost feel like I'm interviewing a kid on Christmas Eve. It must feel like that for you all as the players here on the doorstep of a new training camp. Yeah, uh, just from the beginning, starting off in a new facility, um, for me coming to a new team and uh, the way that they put the team together, the the pieces that they have, um, I mean, it's nothing but excitement. I don't think uh, anyone should sleep on the fact that you and your teammates have been together now for some time. The majority of the guys have been in town and working together. When you talk about all the newness involved, especially with yourself, how invaluable has that been? Uh, it's been good, um, uh, especially uh, coming in, like you said, everybody being there early, uh, dedicated. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of new pieces again. And uh, really just trying to prove ourselves. You know, they moved us right across from the Saints. Saints, and you know how good the Saints are. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, we just kind of want to prove ourselves, and, uh, I guess, how good we can be. What are you allowed to do in these, I guess, voluntary workouts? What gets done each of these mornings? Work, hard work, nothing but hard work. If it's out on the track, if it's on the court, if it's in the weight room, work as hard as you can, push yourself. Uh, I think for the most part that's – that, that's the that's the main focus. Um, we're already committed, but uh, working harder, trying to be, you know, one of the best teams in the league. The thing that I'm gathering, and at least in talking to some of your teammates and, and Dell Dumps and even Coach Williams too, that probably one of the biggest things about training camp coming up is 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 your all's uh, ability to gel, team chemistry, all those things. Is that process something that will come easy for this group? You think, or is that does that take time? No matter who you are. Um, I think it takes. I think it takes time, but. Just, again, from everybody being here, and not only that, I think the characters that we have on the team, uh, the character guys that, again, coach and, and the staff put together, uh, it makes it easy to gel. Um, again, you got guys like Anthony Davis, Austin Rivers, I mean, guys who have been here, the new guys like myself and, and, and Tyreek. I mean, uh, everybody's here for a sole purpose, and I, I think that helps us gel most of all. Whether you're a fan of the AAU system or, or not, and it has its detractors and it has folks that are in favor of it, one byproduct that seems, though, Drew, is that 
in some form or fashion, most of you all who are similar in age have run into each other, if not played with each other, because of the AAU system over the years. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Uh, I played against Eric in AAU. Uh, I played against Tyreek in AAU. Um, obviously, there's a lot of guys, even, I guess, being in the league, you play against if it's in the off season or whatever. But um, AAU, I know with Tyreek, I've been playing with him probably since I was 15. So um, I guess me and him gelling, I think I know his game. He knows my game. Um, but uh, again, I think the AAU system, that's not really, I guess, uh, for me per se. Uh, I guess it's more like I leave that to them mm -hmm. and then uh, I just kind of go and watch it and see what happens. So. You know, we talked about camp kicking off next week. You know, if you talk to some of the older players, uh, David Wesley and a few of the other guys, you know, it used to be you'd come to camp to get in shape. Nah, Those days are long gone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got to be in shape before before camp. Um, it's definitely something that you don't want to have to worry about going into camp. And even though this is my first camp with, with Monty Williams, uh, I've I've heard, uh, I've heard how tough it's going to be. Um, I've heard how hard he wants us to work and. How hard he's going to push us, you know, to to be the best. So, uh, I think conditioning is something that you don't want to have to worry about. All right, media day on Monday. Our visit here today. This all kind of marks the end of what's been a pretty, um, well, uh, entertaining off season for you. You change cities, you change teams, you get married. Did it all fly by, Drew, or did it did it kind of slow down at least a little bit for you? Uh, no, nah, it's still going. Uh, it, it's still moving pretty fast. Um, uh, again, you just. Felt like you never really had a time to breathe, uh, especially, uh, I, I guess, the way it happened, uh, getting married in between, having to be back here, uh, you know, cutting my honeymoon short to, to get uh, the fiscal and everything done to, to move the process along. And then moving here, we were looking for a house in Philly. <clears throat> All of a sudden, now we're, you know, looking for a place here. So it's uh, – it's still moving, and I don't know when it's going to slow down. <laughs> you know, uh, the, I don't know if everybody realizes that your your new bride uh, is a member of the U.S. Uh, women's national soccer team. You know, before you met her, how much soccer did you know? How much have you learned now? Um, you know, everybody plays as a little kid. Uh, but until I met her, it, I didn't see – I don't know. I didn't know soccer at all. But I see a correlation now. Like, I, I love how – Maybe I'm biased, but I love how my wife plays. Again, I call her a point guard on, on the field. Uh, the way that she sees the field, the way, I guess, the, the passes that she makes when she takes a, uh, you know, a, a shot at the goal, um, it, it's kind of like, I wouldn't say me out there, but it's kind of like she's a point guard. Uh, I know I've sat like directly behind the, the goalkeeper or whatever, and I can't see anything. It looks like scrambled rubbish to me, but, um, I'm pretty impressed at you know at the at the way that she plays. So. People say that about what you do too. You know, they'll sit on the baseline, look down the floor, and they see, you know, nine other bodies moving. Yeah. They don't see it the way you do. Yeah. So it's uh, it's just pretty interesting, I, I guess, to be a complete athlete and to understand you know more than one sport and I guess how they correlate with each other. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty cool to see, uh, especially like if you go to a football game or something like that. Um, it's pretty cool to see, but uh, again, I have a lot of respect for somebody who plays the opposite sport of what I play. Well, and speaking of opposites, what she's able to do with her feet and you with your hands, it could be the most ultimate game of horse ever. Uh, <laughs> she beat me. She she's beat me uh, in horse. Uh, I will admit that uh, the first time we played, I think I underestimated her and, and she beat me. But um, things that she does with her feet is uh, it might be quicker with her feet than with my hands, which is crazy. 
Good to see you. Nice to see you too. <laughs> I can't wait for next week. I know you're in the same boat. Yeah, yeah. Drew Holiday, everybody, point guard for the Pelicans with us here on the Black and Blue Report. That's right, Media Day is Monday, and we get it going right after that. Coming up next on the best of the Black and Blue Report, we'll check in with the voice of the New Orleans Saints, Jim Henderson. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7-365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get text messages with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans Mobile Alerts. Visit Pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. Say that to say this. The new album from Trombone Shorty. Trombone Shorty is back with 11 explosive tracks on his highly anticipated new release. Say that to say this. This album delivers funk, R&B, rock, and soul that's sure to blow you away. Trombone Shorty delivers an incredible remake of the Meters classic, Be My Lady, with all music played by the original Funky Meters. What's up, New Orleans? This is Trombone Shorty. Check out my new record, Say That to Say This, produced by Raphael Sadiq and me in stores now. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light, for the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Hey, New Orleans Saints fans. Show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning black and gold Saints tickets in our second chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the best of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Sean Kelly. Well, our visit with Jim Henderson had two punches for you this week. Not only do we preview the Saints and Dolphins for Monday Night Football, but with the release of the ESPN documentary, The Book of Manning, we got the thoughts of a man who was involved in the making of the documentary, Jim Henderson, talking about his old friend Archie Manning, and this week's Saints action. The voice of the Saints, you know him, Jim Henderson. He's our usual Thursday guest. It is interesting with Monday Night Football. Um, I don't know, you, you'll have an actual Sunday off. So I don't know whether I should ask you about what you're going to do with your off day on Sunday or ask you about the other big topic for you this week, which is the Book of Manning documentary that came out. So you pick. You're going you're gonna to share with me what you're going to do on your free Sunday or you want to talk about Book of Manning? Well, it won't take you long uh, to hear what I'm going to do on Sunday, and that's watch football. Uh, three games. Sit back in the privacy of the man cave and uh, watch every single play that I can and uh, hopefully get a chance to watch uh, the Bears. They play the Lions this week, and that would put me ahead for my preparation for next week. Oh, so there you go. All right, now to the Book of Manning. I I, I got to watch it last night. I know it came out, what, Tuesday night. I watched it last night. I I didn't know a whole lot, not growing up kind of around the Manning story. So for me, it was was very engaging. Um, And I know for some, it's – a revisit to their past by mm-hmm. seeing that old footage and hearing the stories. 
for you as a friend of Archie and, and, and knowing that family and watching those boys grow up, did the movie do the story justice? I definitely think it did. And I got here in 1978 when Archie was still playing and saw the birth of his two boys and uh, became a cohort of Archie on the broadcast and admire him in so many ways. I just don't think you can go through life doing a better job in so many ways than Archie Manning did. But it was good from my standpoint to watch him at Ole Miss. I mean, my first recollection of Archie, and I grew up outside of Rochester, New York, was seeing Archie playing with a broken arm. And I thought that was pretty cool. Here's this guy with a cast on his left arm still playing football. That was my first memory of Archie Manning. But I never saw him playing like he did in some of those highlights. I mean, he was Johnny Football before there was Johnny Football. That's a great point. The things that he could do at his size, too. I mean, Archie's, I guess, around 6'3", maybe even close to 6'4". And to be able to maneuver like he did and the escapability that he had, I mean, it opened my eyes to what a great athlete he was in college, which I was really never um, too conversant with. You were in the movie uh, <laughs> briefly. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I had to take a little <laughs> dig. What was the process of how you got involved with the film itself? That had to be interesting. Well, Archie called me and he said, hey, look, you know, I, I have not wanted to do this. I've rebuffed them in the past. I don't think Archie would use rebuff. It's too big a word for him. <laughs> but he said he turned them down, I guess, in the past. But he was going to do this. And so would I be a part of it in some small way? And I said, of course, I'd be honored. He said, okay, you're going to be called by this guy named Rory from ESPN, and they want to set up an interview. So that was probably a year ago that uh, I met up with this guy, Rory, who, who did such a great job, I thought, directing uh, the book of Manning, and went to uh, Newman High School where they were shooting a lot of the stuff with, with uh, Peyton and, and Cooper's um, previous coach there. So just sat down, and like most things, you you know you talk for an hour, and they use five seconds, right. but that's okay. I thought it was really good, and I was honored to be a part of it. I'll tell you the truth. I think Archie really just threw me a bone, too, to put me in the piece at all, because what I had to say was pretty much echoed by everybody else in the, in the movie. Still, though, I mean, to have known him that long, to be his broadcast partner for those years that you guys were together, mm -hmm. I, I, to me, that that seemed like the right fit, even though it was a continuation of all the things that were being said. I think that... It needed it. Well, thank you. I was honored to be a part of it. And it's fun when people call from around the country who have seen it or people here locally who've seen it or will eventually watch it when ESPN replays it a number of times or will see it having uh, T-vote it. Um, it's it's a great thrill for me to be a part of that. I mean, like I said earlier, I just have the all, all the utmost respect and admiration for Archie Manning. Uh, I've known him in a lot of different situations from his days as a player when no matter how badly the Saints were playing, and I got here in 78 when they were really bad, they only got to 579, and then we're 1-15 in, in 1980, the, the cocaine debacle that took place on that team. And I saw Archie in so many difficult situations waiting in that locker room to answer the last question of anybody who wanted to answer, ask it to him. Uh, he never ducked anybody. He treated everybody the same way, tried to give everybody a civil answer. And I thought one of the most meaningful things in a very meaningful movie was the last thing Archie said. His father told him, just be a, just be a good guy. And Archie said, that's what I've always tried to do is to be a good guy. And, and, and what a great epitaph. He, he, with all the things he's had in his life, he's walked with kings, and he's still the kid from Drew. He's everybody's All-American. Yeah, it really is a special, special uh, piece of work. I really enjoyed it. And it'll be a big number, I'm sure, for ESPN, much like... I think Monday. See, that's mm. a little segue there. Ah, very good. Uh, Monday Night Football. Who'd have thunk? With the way both of these teams were last year, we're staring down a Monday Night Football game, Jim, with the Saints and Dolphins a combined 6-0. and mm -hmm. Who'd have thunk? 
Well, you know, both seven and nine teams, but for the Saints, that was an aberration last year with all the things that were going on. So I don't think it's a great surprise for the most part that the Saints are three and zero. That the Dolphins are, I think, is. I mean, they've had like uh, four straight losing seasons. I think six of their last seven. Uh, nobody expected Joe Philbin to put it together this quickly, and they've been fortunate. But they're certainly on the right path. But ESPN has to be delighted because when this game first came out, you, I think as a Saints fan, you said, oh, great, the Saints are back on Monday Night Football. Oh, Miami. Well, that's not quite as good as having Atlanta in here or Dallas in here or New England in here uh, as the Saints might have in the past. But uh, it's worked out beautifully. And it's all part, I think, of this sort of kismet season that the Saints fans are envisioning, much like what happened um, in 2009, where things just kind of fell into place for one reason or another. And you'd like to think that with a victory Monday night to start out 4-0, and that perhaps it could happen again. Yeah, that's true. What's on your mind with regard to this matchup? What jumps off the page at you on either side of the ball? Because I, mean, I know that you've you've been able to find things, even in the obvious, that we all see with New Orleans, but now with Miami too. What, what has been um, a large factor in why we're sitting at this conversation now? You know, I was asked that question by Sean Fazan of Fox 8 about an hour ago. <laughs> what am I concerned about for Monday night? And I couldn't think of anything because I don't think this is a Dolphins team that does anything particularly well. One thing they don't do is they don't beat themselves. Uh, they haven't had foolish penalties. But if you look at the statistics of their game against Atlanta, I think the Falcons to this day have to be saying, how the hell did we ever lose that game? I mean, the Dolphins were only ahead. They were twice down by 10 points in the game. They only led for the last 38 seconds of it. They were uh, out-statisticed in almost every way, very one-sidedly, and yet found a way to win. So I guess that's probably the thing that, that impresses you the most, is that this is a team that isn't beating itself and has found a way to win. Um, I don't see it happening Monday night. Yeah. Um, there's always an interest in, in fans around here about – hometown kids making it in the NFL and now you've got two guys mm -hmm. on opposite sides of the football and and one of them being a marquee guy now for the Dolphins so not only are we all fans of the Saints and want to see that situation go well you can't help but be intrigued by the sidebar that we could see running throughout the uh, the secondary mm -hmm. when Miami has the football this weekend speaking of Mike Wallace and Keenan Lewis yep. yeah that'll be a very interesting sidebar as last week there was the sidebar of Patrick Peterson and Tyron Matthew coming back to the Superdome so that'll be fun that'll be uh, interesting to watch um, could be at the end of the game it's a very pivotal matchup it could be that it means nothing uh, last week Although Tyron Matthew had the interception, Patrick Peterson certainly didn't have the impact perhaps everybody expected. So um, it's a fun storyline to pursue prior to Monday night, but usually once the ball's kicked off, the game takes on a, a whole new storyline of its own. All right, we've gone really long, so I'm going to uh, end with one more question here for you, and you take it however you want to take it down the road here. Is Monday night football this week more like the first two games for the Saints this year or more like the third against the Arizona Cardinals? I think it's more like the third. Um, I really like what I'm seeing at this Saints team. You look at Miami, they've got some problems with injuries defensively. They could be missing their best pass rusher in Cameron Wake, a guy that had 15 sacks last year. Uh, he could be missing. He got hurt, uh, hurt his knee against the Falcons. They're missing probably their best run stopper on the defensive line in Paul Soliai. Uh, he's got a problem. Uh, they missed their cornerback, their starting cornerback on one side, Dimitri Patterson. 
And uh, last week, they got Brent Grimes over on the other side, and the Saints know him well from his days with the Falcons. So I think they'll probably stay away from him as much as possible. But uh, they had to use Nolan Carroll uh, in place of Dimitri Patterson a week ago. So uh, if Nolan Carroll's over on the other corner, or even if Patterson's there, that's probably where Drew Brees tries to do most of his business. And, of course, um, the national broadcast will be all over uh, what is now becoming the Crescent City Connection, and that's Drew Brees and, and Jimmy Graham because that's been such a great story, and here he's taking on a Miami team, and uh, Jimmy's going to get a lot of attention, and rightly so. So it's going to be special. I mean, the Saints under Drew Brees have won eight straight on Monday night, wow. and uh, I see it continuing Monday night. I'll be very surprised if they lose this game. We'll be excited for your call on Monday, too. Thanks for coming by. My pleasure. Coming up next on the Best of the Black and Blue Report, We'll continue our conversation about the black and gold with former Saints running back Deuce McAllister. What makes Auctioner Primary Care such a great choice? Is it because we have 38 health centers throughout the region, some with evening and weekend hours available? Or because we accept close to 50 different insurance plans? Could it be because we offer my auctioner? which gives you and your family secure online access to your health records, test results, prescription renewals, even emails with your doctor, or that you'll be connected to seven hospitals with 2,500 affiliated physicians who can handle everything from the common to the complex, so you'll never have to wonder if you made the right choice. Actually, what you may like the most is, yes, we have a location near you. Expertise and convenience. Great reasons to choose an Auctioner primary care physician. To find one near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. The offseason for your New Orleans Pelicans has been exciting with all-star Drew Holiday and former Rookie of the Year Tyreek Evans being added to a lineup headlined by Anthony Davis and Ryan Anderson. Now, with the release of half-season and 12-game plans at varying price levels, there truly is a ticket plan for every fan. Packages start as low as $13 per game and feature the best seat locations to see all-star opponents, including the world champion Miami Heat. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP to get your seats today. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Being the official chicken of the New Orleans Saints, we're more than just fans of the Saints. We're fans of Saints fans. So on game day, we make sure they're reloaded with tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. The best chicken fingers around? We got this. Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Get geared up for the big game and wear what the team wears. Visit the Saints team store at Gate B on the plaza level of the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. In fact, the best of the Black and Blue Report coming your way this weekend via iTunes, the New Orleans Saints app, and on your desktop at NewOrleansSaints.com or Pelicans.com. Well, making his debut this past week on the program was former Saints running back Deuce McAllister. He's moved into the world of broadcasting and had lots to say, not only about the New Orleans Saints, but his beloved Ole Miss Rebels, too. Welcome back into Studio B, and the Black and Blue Report continues with uh, an old friend, an old friend to so many in this city and the uh, Saints organization. We have the privilege today to talk with Deuce McAllister, who's been making the rounds again. He is a busy man during football season. 
Deuce, uh, thanks so much for joining us. I hope that we uh, find you well today. Oh, yeah, everything is going well. It's definitely a pleasure to be able to come on and talk a little football with you. No doubt. I know that the uh, Saints fans that we have here on on their own podcast, the Black and Blue Report, are excited to have you uh, on today's show. Deuce, uh, maybe we should start with what you've seen over the last uh, couple of weeks, these first three games with the New Orleans Saints. What's been your takeaway so far? Well, just finding a way to win, you know, uh, even when offensively, which is, you know, the strong point as far as this team is concerned, you know, when they've been off, the defense has stepped up and, you know, made enough plays and to be able to get that offense to where it's going. So, I mean, and they're finding different ways to win. And, you know, that could be the difference between being a three seed and, and, and not making the playoffs. I mean, so um, when you can find different ways to win, particularly when it's not your strong point or your strong suit for your team, then that's the identity of a good football team. Deuce, have you been around the players and staff enough in these first three weeks to, to sense something different or gain a vibe about this team that one may not necessarily see in the in the in the play between the lines? Well, I think it's on the sideline. I mean, it's the head coach having him back, having his presence. You know, no uh, knock against Joe Vitt because I love him to Delph and Aaron Cromer. You know, that was there last year, but that was such a unique situation. And um, you know, not to say that guys are fearing. For their job now, but um, if you know Coach Payton and you know how demanding he is, if you're not stepping up and making the plays that you need to make, or if you're not committing yourself to the team, then he won't be afraid to sit you down, and you know he won't be afraid to let you go. And not to say that was not the case last year, but you can just see the sense of urgency. You can see the guys, you know, making plays and doing things that you know may have not happened uh, a year ago. That's a good way to look at it. Deuce McAllister with us here on the program today. Deuce, let me let me let me throw one right in your wheelhouse here and uh, talk about the running game a little bit. I had some fans the other day uh, get with me, and boy, they were they were none too happy about numbers with regard to the Saints running game. And I was trying to explain to them, um, and I probably didn't do a very good job about how it seemed the Saints' offense was kind of taking what they were given with regard to reacting to the the front or the how many. How many bodies were in the box with regard to what Arizona was doing defensively? Can you help me uh, explain or or better detail what's going on with the Saints' running game and and how those situations dictate what the outcome is? Well, different games are going to uh, you know dictate different situations, and you know just going back and looking at it and and seeing how Peyton was adjusting, you know, it's kind of like he said. Any anytime you can dump the ball off the Sproles or you can dump it off to Pierre. Uh, on those little swing passes or quick screens, that's just like a run for us. That's a tall sweep, you know, because you're basically getting those guys in space. Yeah, we want the, the numbers in a traditional running situation, you know, I think that those guys have to do better. I mean, but at the same time, you have to remember, Jari Evans did not play. So you don't have a brand-new line, but you have a uh, guy that will be an NFL Hall of Famer uh, missing for in your starting uh, offense. And I think in the second half, they got a little more comfortable with each other and making the calls, making the checks. And, you know, true enough, the game had gotten out of out of hand in the fourth quarter, and, you know, you've got to milk that clock. But it's still confidence. It's still positive plays. And I think uh, Robinson did a good job of just seizing that opportunity and, you know, not, not making it hard on coach because he's going to do what, it, what is best for the team as far as playing the right guys, running the right plays. But, you know, it's it's intriguing to him because now he's going to say, okay, if you were able to do it that time, I may give you an opportunity, more opportunities in practice, or I may even give you an opportunity 
in a game, but I mean, the most important thing he's got to do is he's got to take care of the football. You did a better job of it than me, and that's no surprise there. Uh, <laughs> Deuce, uh, Saints and Dolphins on Monday Night Football. From a player's standpoint, what's it like for a player? What is the difference between playing Sunday afternoon in the NFL and playing Monday Night Football? Well, one thing you hate is, uh, you know, some guys, I, I used to enjoy it because I knew that I could go over um, anything that I needed to go over extra. I knew I could stretch a little bit. You know, I knew I could do some things that I may not get to do when we played first thing Sunday morning. So for some guys like myself, I enjoy playing later in the day because it gave me an opportunity to do some things that I normally would not get to do early in the mornings. But some guys, they want to go right now. You know, as soon as they wake up, they want to go and play. You know, so that that's a big difference. But the biggest thing is, you know, you're on the national stage. You know that anybody that's a football fan, you know that the other 30 teams are not playing, and it's you and one other team, and you get to go and, and, and have a spotlight game. So you want to go out and play extremely well. All right, Deuce, before I let you go, i got to ask you, Ole Miss, Alabama, can the Rebs uh, take care of business and upset the college football world this weekend? It's going to be interesting. You know, uh, Alabama is still Alabama. I mean, uh, I think Ole Miss doesn't have to play perfect, but I think that they don't. They, they can't turn the ball over. They can't give Alabama a short field. They have to, you know, play, play, play close to perfect as possible. And, you know, you, you, your playmakers have to step up and make plays, whether it's um, Jeff Scott, whether it's Moncrief, whether you're leaning on some of those freshmen, you know they've got to fi- figure out a way to get some short fields. They've got to have at least two plus turnovers. I mean, because when you walk into that stadium, you know that you're down seven already. You know that's just because of home field at Bama and and, and and Bama being so good. And you know for some of those freshmen, this is their first big stage game. You know this is this is the defending national champion. I don't think that they will be scared. But I think that, um, you know, they have to go out there and not, not let those bright lights catch them and, um, you know, see what you can do after 60 minutes. Are you going to go see your Rebels play? I'm going to try to make it over there. <laughs> and, uh, nine out of ten, I will, I will be there. Sounds good. That's a former Ole Miss Rebel and former, of course, New Orleans Saints running back Deuce McAllister. Deuce, uh, thanks for the visit as always. Enjoy the football this weekend, and we can't wait to see you again. All right, no problem. I surely appreciate it. We'll hope that Deuce McAllister stops by here soon enough again. Before we get out of here, coming up on our next segment of the Best of the Black and Blue Report, we'll take a look at the NFL in general and preview the weekend as Jim Corbett of USA Today stops by. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Sure, other fans are hungry for a win, but here in New Orleans, we make sure that you're well-fed, too. With tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. Loving the Saints is like the freshness of Cane's. All day, no quit. The Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. 
Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Hey, New Orleans Saints fans, show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning black and gold Saints tickets in our second chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Well, as you know, the NFL weekend is fully underway. Depending on what time you're listening to this program, perhaps even several games have been played. But this past week, we caught up with our national correspondent, Jim Corbett of USA Today, to preview this weekend in the National Football League. Well, the new NFL weekend begins in earnest tonight. Thursday night football again takes the stage. San Francisco at St. Louis. And to help us get ready for a new NFL weekend, and also we'll get to uh, Saints and Dolphins here eventually, we'll bring in our uh, National Football League expert, on the uh, national level, of course, at USA Today, that's Jim Corbett. Uh, Jim, good morning. Happy new weekend to you as we start up on a Thursday. Good morning, Sean. Good to be with you for week four. Thank you, sir. Let's start with tonight's game, San Francisco at St. Louis. Uh, I, I just don't see the Niners going to one and three, but, man, I, I don't know what to make of the 49ers right now. What's your what's your storyline as we get set to play games tonight? Yeah, well, it's what's happening to Colin Kaepernick, and, you know, if he – if we recall when he played in the Super Bowl and he played well, uh, it was his 10th start. And um, here we are, you know, 13 starts in, and he had a great beginning against Green Bay. But, you know, there were problems against Green Bay's defense last year. So, you know, they uh, played him differently. They kept him in the pocket. He was able to throw for 412 yards. I think it was three touchdowns. Since then, it's been four interceptions and no passer uh, completion percentage over 50. And uh, he's really struggled. And what's gone on is Seattle uh, kind of showed the book on how do you stop uh, Kaepernick. Uh, they did it with their great corners. And Richard Sherman took away Anquan Bolden, who was a beast in week one, and went for 200-plus yards receiving. And uh, limited to him to one catch. And then we saw the Colts, who don't have the physical receivers that uh, Seattle does, but they did a good job. But they also spied a safety, a backup safety, on Kaepernick, and so he was frustrated. He wasn't getting to his first read. It was taken away, and he was have to be more of a progression passer, and they just don't have a lot of weapons right now. We forget that Vernon Davis is out. Michael Crabtree is still coming back from the Achilles, and the other guys, Kyle Williams, uh, just a couple of young guys, I just don't remember it off the top of my head, have just not stepped up and gotten separation. So, uh, And then on defense, it's gotten bad in that Patrick Willis limped off the field last week with a groin injury that will keep him out tonight. And we all know what happened with Alvin Smith uh, now entering uh, a rehabilitation facility for, uh looks like alcohol, but uh, uh, for at least a month. So uh, there's some, you know, other issues, but, uh, you know, they miss some people. Um, they miss Delaney Walker, who was a tight end with them, who went to Tennessee in free agency. And, um, you know, their defense just has not played as well. Uh, but Kaepernick is the big story. Jim, you cover the league across the board, but I know each weekend you try and plant yourself in one of the NFL stadiums. Where are you going to head this weekend? Yeah, I'll be in Houston, uh, get a chance to see the Seahawks. So really uh, interested in that. 
Houston is coming off a bad, ugly win. Uh, offensively, did not play well. Matt Schaub had a bad game, stared down his receiver, Owen Daniels, and paid the price with a pick six. Uh, he's had two of those this year, and the debate is on in Houston. Is this guy good enough to lead us where we want to go? Um, their defense didn't play great either. They gave up one touchdown, but they played well enough to win. Um, go sit down and talk to Brian Cushing when I get out there. Looking forward to that. He's you know quietly come back from a knee injury last October. I think it was week five against the Jets. And you know we've had documentaries on RG3 and Darrell Revis. Haven't heard as much about Cushing, but he's back to playing at a great level. And they rewarded him with a six-year, $55 million contract. He's really a great leader on defense. Jim Corbett of USA Today, our guest. We'll get to Miami at New Orleans in just a second. Uh, Jim, any other games? Is there one or two others that you'll have your eye on that very much intrigue you for the weekend? Well, certainly you look at the, you know, it's not a great game. It's it's the Redskins where I've been this week, uh, talking to guys there at Oakland on Sunday before their bye. And they keep citing last year they were 3-6 and six at the bye, and then they went on that seven-game win streak. Um, you know, Robert Griffin has looked, better and has improved he's still not himself but he hasn't lost the confidence that you know that swagger so to speak that made them who they are he says we're close we've seen on tape they lost 27 to 20 uh to the lions and one of the plays was a costly fumble by him when he went belly first as opposed to feet first and trying to slide so he said he's learned that lesson he said uh, he'd be w- welcome to um conversation with Bryce Harper if you want to give him some tips uh, of the Nationals, but uh, those guys got to get it out of their hole, and certainly the Giants. Uh, if you look at New York, it's just upside down. The Jets are off to a 2-1 start, the Giants 0-3 with a ton of turnovers. That has to change for them. I believe they're at Kansas City, so um, that's going to be a tough one. That's a tough place to go win in Arrowhead Stadium, so uh, the Giants' season right now is on the brink, and the same with the Redskins. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, back to the Redskins for a moment. Of course, they have to go across the country. I get that. But, you know, back to the Robert Griffin uh, conversation, and while he hasn't been himself, is it even fair to evaluate Griffin and the Redskins without at least talking about perhaps a defense that's kind of stunk it up a little bit? Well, that's a great point, Sean. They're historically porous. Uh, they've given up 14 uh uh, 100 yards in three games. Uh, that's never been done before. I think it's at least the, during the Super Bowl era. And, you know, uh, New Orleans certainly knows about a bad defense and how hard it is to overcome that. So, yeah, they could be scoring 30 points, but if they're not stopping anybody, it doesn't matter. So uh, I think, you know, they're making the proper adjustments. We saw better from them last week. Uh, D'Angelo Hall uh, played a good game against Calvin Johnson. He did have one touchdown, but Otherwise, he was held in check. Um, yeah, they should be able to, at least if they can't get it together against Oakland, they're in trouble. But Oakland lacks weapons. We don't know if Terrell Pryor will play because of a concussion. And if it's uh, Matt Flynn, they should have a field day teeing off. They need to get their pass rush going. Back in the day, Jim, it seemed like Monday Night Football always had a great matchup or a very intriguing game that not necessarily has been always the case here of late. But yet this Monday, you get a pair of undefeated teams Miami at New Orleans, that's uh, exciting for us down here, but it seems good for the league when you have a marquee matchup on an early Monday night football game. Yeah, and I think Miami, we talked about them during the offseason, that they should be better, that Ryan Tannehill should be one of the most improved quarterbacks after I think he threw 12 touchdowns 
and 13 picks last year. Um, he's on his way to doubling that this year in terms of the touchdowns, uh, off to a good start and looking, you know, like he's playing faster. I mean, all that experience of last year has him, you know, more aware. I mean, we forget he was a wide receiver up until his final 19 games at Texas A&M, uh, where he was coached by his now offensive coordinator, Mike Sherman. Um, obviously, they got him, you know, a weapon in Mike's Wallace, uh, the $60 million receiver uh, the Steelers parted with and, and we're not going to re-sign. And, uh, you know, Lamar Miller has stepped in after a bad first game where he had 23 yards rushing, has really come on. And that defense is kind of flying under the radar. They added Brent Grimes uh, at one corner and Denell um, Ellerby, the former Raven, and Philip Wheel. Wheeler from the Colts, and I think with the Raiders uh, in the middle, along with the good front line uh, with Cameron Wake, and then obviously trading up and drafting that number three, Deion Jordan out of uh, Oregon, who reminds a lot of, of Jason Taylor. Interesting. It is good stuff. Jim, can they follow you on Twitter? Yeah, uh, it's at by Jim Corbett. It's my byline, and uh, uh, C-O-R-B-E-T-T, and I appreciate the shout-out. Absolutely, and you can follow all his work, of course, in USA Today. Jim Corbett with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Safe travels to you, my friend, and we can't wait to talk to you again. Yeah, it should, should be a good one, especially with the way the Saints defense has played this year. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can get some pressure and get some heat. Yeah. Rob brings it, and uh, especially against Ryan Tannehill. You know, when, uh, and before I let you go, you know, you were here in New Orleans during training camp. Uh, anything that you saw during training camp that's translated over to the regular season for that Rob Ryan unit? You know, I saw Kenny Vaccaro flying around, and now you see him being used in so many different ways and, you know, kind of being that rover player, uh, that sort of like what Charles Woodson was up in uh, Only Younger and Faster up in Green Bay all those years. So uh, I like it. You know, when he has the pieces, and certainly they've been kind of thin, uh, he's able to do his best work. And so you get a player like that, it uh, seems like uh, um, the front line is getting some, some push and Junior Gillette and um, – Cameron, so it looks like those guys are getting after it. And everybody, one thing you do come away with, everybody loves playing for Rob Ryan. There's no doubt about that. And see, I got a little landing up out of there. I was ready to tell you goodbye and I asked you one more question. That was a sneaky on my part, I guess. Um, Jim, take care. Good to talk to you. We'll see you soon. Always good talking, Sean. Take care. Thank Enjoy you. the games. We will. Coming up next, we'll wrap up the show and set the scene for Monday when the Saints host the Miami Dolphins. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light, for the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. What do you say to someone whose heart is on the line? That at Auctioner, an entire team of experts will collaborate to develop the best treatment for you? That we have procedures so revolutionary they aren't available anywhere else in the region, including breakthrough ways to more effectively manage heart failure and repair heart valves? That U.S. News & World Report ranks Auctioner Medical Center's heart program among the nation's very best? Or that with over 170 heart experts and seven hospitals to choose from, the exceptional cardiac care you need is always close to home? Actually, the most important thing to say is... Your results are back. Everything looks great. 
better outcomes. Just one more reason to choose Auctioner. To find a heart specialist near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Say that to say this. The new album from Trombone Shorty. Trombone Shorty is back with 11 explosive tracks on his highly anticipated new release. Say that to say this. This album delivers funk, R&B, rock, and soul that's sure to blow you away. Trombone Shorty delivers an incredible remake of the Meters classic, Be My Lady, with all music played by the original Funky Meters. What's up, New Orleans? This is Trombone Shorty. Check out my new record, Say That to Say This, produced by Raphael Sadiq and me in stores now. Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com, your first stop when following your teams. Well, we hope that you enjoyed this past week as much as we did right here on the Black and Blue Report. The best of the Black and Blue Report, produced by Daniel Salerson. I'm Sean Kelly. We're back with you with a fresh show on Monday. We'll be talking Pelicans Media Day and Saints versus Dolphins, Monday Night Football. We'll have that fresh show for you starting at noon central, right here on NewOrleansSaints.com, Pelicans.com, on iTunes, and through the New Orleans Saints app. Hope you have a great rest of your weekend. We can't wait to visit with you again on Monday. I'm Sean Kelly, and this has been the best of the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 1 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.